Before we get started, I want to tell you about my experience with Own It Fitness. Own It Fitness is a place that helped me discover my fitness goals. They did a full evaluation of my physical condition, and they set out a plan for me to be able to meet my goals. And on top of that, they found a way to be able to work with my busy schedule. And they can do that for you as well. Own It Fitness is the perfect place for professionals to find the friends that they need to help them meet their physical goals. If you're looking for a place that can help you, if you're looking for a place that's friendly and a place that will help you confidently meet the physical goals that you have for yourself, then check out Own It Fitness. They're on the corner of Mallory and Blakeow. This episode has been brought to you by Fremont Bank. Fremont Bank has been serving people and businesses in our community for over 60 years. For more information about the Fremont Bank, check out episode 104 on the Fremont Podcast. This episode has also been brought to you by Minutemen Press. If you are looking for design or printing needs, reach out to them. Let them know you heard about them on the Fremont Podcast. They'll give you 20% off on your first order. Banter Bookshop is your local go-to for all your reading resources. If they don't have it on the shelf, you can ask them and they can order it for you. Check them out on Capitol Avenue. Let them know that you heard about them on the Fremont Podcast. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, check out Petroselli Homes on Niles Boulevard. Coming to you straight from Fremont, California, this is the Fremont Podcast dedicated to telling the stories of the past and present of the people and places of the city of Fremont, one conversation at a time. Now, here's your host, Ricky B. Hello, Fremont. You're listening to episode number 41 of the Fremont Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. It truly is a privilege to have you join me each and every week. This conversation that I share with you today in this episode is one that I fully anticipated would happen earlier in the podcast, but it has taken me over 40 episodes to get the owners of Devout Coffee to join me and tell me their story so that I can share it with you. This conversation happens in front of a live audience for their 10th anniversary. But before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor. Gary Williams here. Some friends of mine are making a difference in the community, and one of the ways they're doing that is helping to sponsor this podcast. Petroselli Homes Realty Group is a boutique brokerage service located in downtown Niles. John and Jennifer Petroselli have had the honor of helping countless buyers and sellers make effective real estate decisions to plant their roots, raise their families, expand their wealth, or simply relax and retire. So if what I've described is what you might be looking for in a realtor, I suggest getting in touch with Petroselli Homes on Niles Boulevard in downtown Niles. Hey, what's your name? Uh, Mitty. Mitty. Okay. And how long have you lived in Fremont? Well, I've been in Fremont. I went to high school here, so. Wow. I've been here. I'm trying to think. I went to Fremont. I've lived in Fremont since the 90s. Okay. Okay. What what high school did you go to? I went to American. Then I transferred to Logan. All over the place. Yeah. I've been all (laughs) over the area. Yeah. Yeah. What part of Fremont do you live in now? Now I'm on uh, Eggers. Okay. I know right over Centerville. Centerville. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Near Washington. Yeah. What are some of the things that you have enjoyed about Fremont over the years? Well, 
Knowing the weather. Yeah, <laughs> it's right? very nice. The Bay Area has some of the best weather. I actually had moved to Manteca. I was there for okay. two months and I ended up moving back You're to like, Fremont. You're like, no way. Yeah. So I bought a place there. I'm running back in Fremont because my kids like the high schools here. Yeah. That's right? great. And uh, the education system's a bit different yeah. than uh, than um, in the valley. Right, right. So I end up coming back. Say, so what brought you into Dale today? Oh, um, Dale has very good service. Okay. Um, it's the service, really, because you go to like Home Depot or something, the competitors, you walk in there, and there's nobody to help you. Right. Right. You come into Dale, go straight to the line, <laughs> which there's barely any line. Yeah. They'll get you someone, and, yeah. and you're ready to go. That's awesome. What parts did you get today? What are you working on? Uh, some uh, reverse osmosis was leaking the pipe where the water's coming in from the building. Gotcha. Yeah, so I've got a washer to try to fix that. Wow. How long have you been? How many years have you been shopping at Dale? Uh, I've been uh, about ten years. Okay. Okay. Very yeah. good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Appreciate it's it. It's nice meeting yeah, you. You too. Have a good one. A quick bit of news. Ohlone College President Dr. Eric Bishop resigned on Wednesday this week during their board meeting. He was a guest on the podcast not that long ago, and I wanted to wish him well. Also this week, very sad, Anthony Pabros, who was a two-time guest on the podcast, passed away. He was part owner of the Niles Candle Company as well as Balin Bikes. Our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family and friends at this time. Well, today I have the privilege of sharing with you a conversation that I had with John and Stevie, who are the owners of Devout Coffee in downtown Niles. Recently, Devout celebrated 10 years of developing the process of becoming what they are today. And I was able to interview them in front of a live audience. This is actually the first time that I've ever done an interview for the podcast in front of a live audience. And uh, you'll hear some of the noise in the background, some of the live music that they had going on for the festivities Uh, But the conversation and hearing their heart and the story behind starting Devout Coffee, behind roasting coffee and brewing it, all of those things you get to hear in this conversation, and I'm really excited to be able to share it with you. So here is my conversation with John and Stevie, owners of Devout Coffee. All right, I'm trying this out, make sure we're all good. You guys talk for a second. Can you hear me, Ricky? There you go. Can you hear me, Ricky? I can hear you guys. Awesome. This is actually really exciting for me because um, I, John and Stevie are some of my best friends. Uh, I moved here about eight years ago. And uh, when I uh, was considering moving to Fremont, I wanted to find a coffee shop that I could really enjoy. And that would be a place that I could consider my own coffee shop. And I remember coming in early early 2014 and starting to bug John and Stevie and just coming up with a bunch of ideas. I wanted to talk to them about coffee and all that. And then um, you start fast forwarding in the story. Uh, John and Stevie became very close friends and uh, been able to do a lot together. I remember early on uh, telling them that I really wanted to see Devout succeed as as a small business and if they ever needed help with anything that I wanted to be available. 
And John. And then we ask you to deliver pastries. That's right. <laughs> so one of the things that I love about one of the things I love about these guys is that they um, they were very particular and they only said yes to things that they were very very sure of. And so at the time they were only serving coffee, and then they 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 were thinking about wanting to do pastries as well. But they only had two choices in the Bay Area that, of, of bakeries that they wanted to use. One of them was in Los Gatos, and one of them was in Emeryville. And neither one of them would deliver to Fremont. And so John came to me one day and was like, so uh, we have a couple of bakeries that we'd like to use, but they don't deliver here. And I was like, I'll, I'll go pick them up. I'll deliver for you. And so... Um, about 2015, uh, I became an employee of Devout, and I would actually get up around 5.30 in the morning and drive to Emeryville every day, seven days a week, and pick up pastries and bring them back. You loved it. I did love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I started listening to podcasts every morning. And, uh, and, and part of the deal that sweetened it was I realized that in my budget, which was a very tight budget, I was spending a lot of money on coffee here. And they offered as part of the deal that I would get free coffee if I did this. So I thought, well, I'm getting, I'll get paid whatever they're going to pay me, but then I don't have to pay for coffee anymore. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, um, so for about two and a half years, I, uh, I delivered pastries every morning when I was not out of town. Um, and I would get up early and go to Emeryville. Eventually, the coffee shop in Emeryville moved to Oakland. And then eventually, um, uh, we started. We worked out a deal that they could deliver to San Jose, and so I would drive to San Jose, and I would pick up the coffee. And then about three years ago, right before COVID, they talked to me. Well, we've got the bakeries. Um, they've got they got the bakeries now to deliver here to uh, Fremont. Would you be interested in delivering our whole bean coffee to the cafes and the stores around the Bay Area? That um, that would sell our coffee. So you could still listen to podcasts. Yes, so I'm, yes, exactly. So I'm still listening to podcasts. This time only one day a week on Thursdays. I would drive around the Bay Area and drop off coffee. I'd load my car up full of all the the whole bean coffee and go to all the different places. And so I'm telling you all this because um, number Devout has become a second home for me, and I love these guys. But also on top of all of this. Um, especially early on when I was delivering pastries, I would come and drop the pastries off at seven and then I would just sit in the cafe for like two hours and just meet all the customers that would come in in the morning to get their coffee and I would just talk with them. And I remember meeting a lot of customers that were regular devout customers. And I just remember, man, there's a, I remember thinking there's a lot of people here in Fremont that have just great stories um, they, they're just a lot of really good people. And I got to meet a lot of these people. And I thought if there was just a way I could capture some of these conversations to share with other people, I think that'd be really cool. So fast forward to uh, earlier this year, and I started the Fremont podcast. And a lot of that came out of just sitting in Devout's dining room, talking with customers and hearing their stories and hearing about the people's lives here in Fremont. So early on, I wanted episode number one to be with these guys. And it's taken me today. Today, I just put out episode thirty-eight. It's taken me epi- thirty-eight episodes to finally get them behind a microphone. You caught uh, us here at the same time, finally. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, having them here at the same time was part of the part of the part of the catch. But um, I love these guys because they're not uh, they're not out in front of people. They are not out bragging about their story. 
I had to drag them up here to be able to hear their story. Um, but I love, I love being a part of what's going on here, and I'm glad that you're a part of here. So that's my big, long introduction for uh, John and Stevie. And a lot of you might already know their story, which is great, but I'd love to hear it again. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to conduct an interview like I do with uh, so many other people I've interviewed, and um, i just see where it goes from here. So um, John already talked a little bit this evening, and so he told us a little bit about his origin with coffee. Uh, but I just want to hear from you guys. Maybe Stevie, you can tell me when did you start having an interest in uh, in roasting, brewing coffee? Um, well, part of it was hanging out with John uh, and our friend Archie, who goes by Brian now. Um, but we, uh, Archie, got into some home roasting, roasting on a uh, like a bread machine, um, and his coffee was terrible. Uh, but it was really interesting. So, so uh, we just started trying some specialty coffee options like uh, Blue Bottle and uh, actually I would say Blue Bottle was my first introduction to like an amazing cappuccino Um, it really really blew my mind on how good coffee could actually be uh, when I tried a a cappuccino from Blue Bottle Um, just coffee and milk and I think I've I've always loved coffee since I can remember but uh, I'd never had coffee like that so um, that kind of sparked the fire, and uh, yeah, from there it's just I think buying a bunch of different brewing methods and trying different things. That's awesome. And John, did you uh, discover the same love for coffee around the same time, or what was your what was the beginning of the, your coffee story? Yeah, I mean, I I mentioned this earlier, but I have a a very like distinct moment in coffee that I remember. I was camping with our mutual friend Archie. And so we're camping, and I brought a bag of coffee from a coffee company I won't name that roasts really dark that I loved, and I drank a lot of their coffee. And um, he brought a coffee that was, a, I still remember it, it was an Amaro Gallo natural process Ethiopian coffee. And uh, he brewed me a cup of coffee, he made a V60, and uh, which was new to me too. And it was a game changer. Like from that moment, I had tasted a coffee that had layers of flair, flavor, dynamics that I did not know coffee could even produce. Blueberry and fruit notes, things that I didn't even know coffee had in it. And uh, that set me on a trajectory of like, how can we find more coffee like this? There was nothing I could nowhere near us we ultimately had to roast it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so we were driving all over the place. I, our wives probably hated it, but we would drive an hour sometimes to go find a craft roaster, go sit at Blue Bottle and just try to even bug their roasters and try to like pick their brains on what they were doing. We're going out to the city. And uh, it was an endless project of that, trying that to find was something we did all the time and uh if i'm honest john made me pretty uncomfortable at times when he would critique every place we went to <laughs> you know he, he would give them feedback or uh, i think whether they wanted it or not and and he would you know your coffee's over extracted or you need to do this or that that i don't love the roast uh or, or it, know that, stuff. That, that was you know it, it is good yeah but uh i Good, good feedback where where it was necessary too. Um, but I just I remember that uh, so often, uh, just going into all these different places and 
Um, we would sit there and study everything they did. Uh, we would look at the, the coffee shop, the atmosphere, the, the quality of the service, the, the music, the, you know, just the whole environment, the coffee itself, um, and just think about what we um, hated or, or loved about it. Well, and so at this point, uh, I mean, we were, we were roasting coffee in my garage, and we had, we had taken this bread machine that I don't even know where we got it, the bread machine, but we took a bread machine and we'd modified it to roast, and uh, it was Naomi's bread machine. Uh, we ripped it apart and pulled all the like temperature safety stuff out of there because who needs that? And we used a heat gun because the bread machine didn't create good enough heat and, and made some terrible roasts with it, but we thought we were, you know, learning. Yeah, I remember one of the uh, really early on coffees we roasted was a Guatemala. Um, we we roasted it, I think, probably way too light. And we I don't ex- even think we finished first crack. Yeah, it it was. We we both had stomach aches at the end. of It, it. was so acidic, yeah. so under roasted. It was it was very bad. So we had to figure out how to not do that again, and with some some research and trial and error. Yeah. With that too, though, I mean, we because we had espresso machine and we were buying like five pound bags of coffee. If they would sell them to us, we were buying like large bags of coffee and sometimes wasting it because it'd be like, this coffee's no good. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was something we did a ton of in our in our early days was uh, buy anybody's coffee that we thought was pretty decent and we, we would just run it through our espresso machine, which we had a Slayer in the garage, uh, and that's that's kind of been our flagship machine ever since. Um, it's a great machine. But we're pulling shots on, on a uh, Slayer espresso machine, and we got to try everybody's different um, different options, different roasts, and, and kind of find out what we actually liked before going ahead and starting our own roastery. Yeah, so... Um I love the fact that, you know, one of the things if you buy the coffee uh, from Devout, it says on the back or even on the shirts that they've made, it says devoted to the coffee experience. And I think that's different. I, you know, what we're talking about here, you, you talk about starting a coffee shop. Oftentimes it's just let's find the coffee that we like, who's roasting what we like, and let's, uh, let's bring it in and, and, and let's figure out a way to make it for the people that are willing to come here to the shop. Um, these guys are committed to the, the coffee experience from the very, very beginning, like just choosing the green beans, where it's coming from, all the way to the time that it leaves uh, the, the bar into the customer's hands. And, um, and so we hear talking, you know, they're talking about their origin story, talk, but they're also talking about the roaster, uh, how to find a way to, to roast exactly um, the way that they want it. And if you notice, the two roasters that are out back here, these are the workhorses of Devout, and they've been the workhorses for the last 10 years uh, past the bread machine that you guys, that you guys had. Um, but the smaller roaster in the back, um, the, one of the things that I love about these, these, these roasters were not just purchased off of Amazon or some easy place just to get it you know, in the box and ready to go. Um, these roasters, well, tell me about them. Like the small roaster, where'd that come from? Um. Yeah, so that was actually uh, actually you tell the story about that. So that that small roaster out there is a 1985, 86 Probat L5, 
And when we got that machine, it was literally a pile of rust. It had sat in somebody's barn. Right? Barn. Yeah. So what had happened, it was in service somewhere, and they had a roaster fire, and a, a drive shaft broke off, and it was sitting in somebody's barn just rusting away. And uh, we met somebody who knew that we had some of what Nick was talking about earlier, that, that just a drive to, to make things and to fix things and to make it work. And so knew that we had the aptitude even to take this pile of rust and turn it into something that would work. And we... Yeah, he, he knew the value in that machine too. And uh, he had restored uh, lots of roasters in the past. But um, he actually basically did a phone interview with us to make sure we were capable of restoring the roaster. And he decided that we'd be able to do it. Um, the, I mean, we essentially paid scrap metal price for it. And, uh, but it, it was missing. It didn't have a drive shaft. It was missing electrical components. A lot wasn't there. There was big parts of it that were gone. And so, I mean, between mostly Stevie and I, like, we stripped the whole thing down. We had parts machined. We rewired the whole thing. We um, plumbed it into, into the gas, and we've been roasting coffee on it for a long time. That, how, how long did it take for you to, to restore that? that unit uh it was in my garage for a year um and and i would i was really busy at the time so i would put maybe like two hours a week into it um and it, that's how bad it was it, it needed a lot of work plus i mean i didn't know anything about electrical at the time and uh actually i always tell people that um being a coffee shop owner and roaster has actually taught me how to be a lot more than that it's taught me how to do you know more more building projects like engineering type of stuff electrical uh gas components all that stuff i you, you might know this about john and stevie but if you uh, and about devout but if you if you come into the shop i, I mentioned i made the comment that uh, the roasters did not just come off of uh amazon or uh, um in in the box but if you look at the whole shop uh, the counters the the way that everything is laid out, everything was done, designed by them, built by them, handmade. Um, and and uh, even in here, like as this is um, slowly becoming a part of uh, the, a new space for Devout and the new Devout v- van that's coming soon over here. Um, it, as you look at all of this, all of this is handcrafted, ha- hand-designed. Um, and then the second roaster that uh, is now being how, how long have you been using the uh, the new roaster, Stevie? Maybe six months. Yeah, I mean that that project has been around for a long time. When we purchased that roaster, there was no airflow to the cooling tray. It was just misused. Yeah, abused. it was it was completely clogged from uh, coffee that was over roasted. So there was no way that the coffee would actually cool. Um, and that's a really important part of roasting. Uh, so that that was the it was actually probably the hardest part of restoring that roaster was was trying to keep the original cooling tray. And that that's a fun roaster. It's unique because it's a, an Italian ba- Italian made roaster that originally was wood fired. So it actually has a firebox in it that originally you would put oak logs in there and you would you would heat that roaster with wood. And so it's been converted fully over to, to gas, and it functions very similar to um, our small roaster up front now. But. Yeah, so we put on 
new technology on it. We, we put temperature probes on it, um, motor controllers, uh, VFD, their frequency drives, um, and, uh, and a new afterburner. And, and we did all kinds of stuff to it. So it, it's, it's, a it's a lot more technically advanced, I guess, than, than, uh, than what the way we got. It. And yet still, it's very much a hands-on machine. It doesn't roast the coffee for you. Right. And we did that intentionally because we, we could have fully automated that roaster if we wanted to, but, uh, we want to keep the hands-on aspect. I mean, that's, that's why we use that roaster and set it up the way we did. And that's also, uh, why we still use Slayer Espresso machines because we want the, the hands-on, um, the, the, the craft that actually comes from the, the operator instead of the, the machine. That's awesome. There's two, there's two qualities that I admire about John and Stevie. Uh, well, there's a lot more than that, but there's two, two ones that stand out with this whole story, and that is, number one, if they don't know how to do something, they, that doesn't stop them. Like They're going to they're gonna figure it out. They're going to find a way uh, to not just figure out how to do it okay, but they're going to find a way to do it the best. <laughs> they're going to be the best at what they do. And I think that that's um, an amazing part of the DNA of Devout Coffee. Um, the second thing is, is that um, they are committed. I remember the first time I walked into Devout, which was early 2014, and I, they, they weren't at the bar, but I asked a couple of the baristas, uh, I think it was Anthony um, and Jordan, were at the bar, and I asked, Why, where'd the name Devout come from? And they said, well, the owners, uh, they're uh, devoted to every everything in their life. They want to do everything in their life well, and they're committed to that. And I just remember thinking that that was just really, really remarkable. And so, um, you know, over the years, uh, not going from not knowing really anything about coffee uh, or very, very little about coffee to being um, experts in the East Bay, experts in this area, experts in, um, in, in uh, roasting and brewing, all these things being committed to it is just um, uh, very, very remarkable. I'm curious, uh, maybe you guys can talk a little bit about, um, have you guys ever thought that you'd quit? Has there been a time where you've uh, been in the middle? Yes. <laughs> Has there been a time in this, where, in this process where you've just said, we can't do this anymore, it's been a good run, we're going to go back to just roasting at home? Have you ever wanted to quit? Many times. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we, we joke... I mean, the entrepreneurship in general is like this roller coaster. Owning your small business, doing all that is a roller coaster journey of one week, life is good, we're on top of the world, we're going to conquer the coffee industry. The next week, this sucks, let's quit, let's go back to doing... It's emotionally draining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's, I, I feel like it's always, it's always a new challenge, it's always a... Uh, when you think you've you've learned enough to just go, um, you'll you'll run into something else, and and I think that's okay with us because uh, I think we both like learning new stuff. I joke with them. I walk around. I get asked all the time if I'm one of the owners or if I'm the owner of Devout, just because I I walk around acting like I own the place. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I I tell them I was like, no, I just act like I'm the owner. I just get the all the benefits of being what an owner would be, but without all the stress involved. So I, it, it, but I can't imagine like, and I've, and I've been able to, um, I've been privy to conversations with these guys to be able to hear the, some of the stresses and some of the hard points, uh, in the journey. And I just admire their, their, um, 
their effort and their drive to move forward. I, I remember, and I, I think this is important to, um, to note as well, they're not greedy um, because even in COVID, there was a number of coffee shops that uh, Devout sold their whole beans to. And one of the things during COVID, a lot of the coffee shops that didn't roast their own beans, they, uh, had, they had it the hardest because the service industry just went away for a while. And um, it really, it really um, was difficult for coffee shops that weren't roasters as well. But one of the things I know that Devout did, and I know, um, I know uh, we've got uh, Raul back here who works with Red Rocks, um, and one of the things that Devout, they were committed and devoted to the other coffee shops as well. And they said, hey, we're going to cut back our costs to you. Just well, if you can pay what it costs us to roast, um, and we'll cut, back that, we'll cut that back for you so that you can you know, keep moving forward with what you're doing. Um, and they're, so they're not just committed to the, the roasting experience, the experience here in the cafe, but they're committed to the partnerships that they've made throughout uh, the Bay Area. And I think that that uh, speaks really, really highly uh, for them because it's not, it hasn't always been easy for them as well. Well, I hope you're enjoying the conversation that I'm having with owners of Devout Coffee, John and Stevie. We'll have the rest of that conversation for you in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Dale Hardware. Dale Hardware has been helping people make Fremont their home for over 65 years, and they are still doing that today. If you are working on a project around the house, if you're trying to uh, finish up some maintenance, Dale Hardware is the place that has the materials you need and the customer service that will help you get the job done. They also have regular events for the family that you will not want to miss out on. So check out Dale Hardware on Thornton Avenue. Now back to our conversation. What are some of the things that you, when you look back at your story here, with about what are some of the maybe some of the um, milestones for you that have been really really critical, middle, really important to kind of keep you moving forward? I feel like I mean I, I was just talking to Nick Truzelli, who was just up here talking, and and uh, it's stories like his and other stories. I mean I remember different experiences, different customers that we've connected with, and and the way that coffee and devout specifically has affected their journey. That those sort of things keep keep me in it keep me going knowing that like and not not just that but also the relationships that are developed through this I mean my closest friends that I have now were developed through this cafe I mean you're yeah. testament to that and uh, I would not be where I'm at now if it wasn't for conversations that I had here so it I think those are the kinds of things that coffee's coffee's enduring. Coffee develops relationships. Coffee develops and fosters creative ideas. Coffee, I think that's that's why for us it's about enjoy the simple. Take a take a step back and allow coffee to fuel whatever you're doing. Do you have anything to add to that, Steve? I agree. <laughs> uh, definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think just. I mean, coffee is, it, it is a very simple idea. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a beverage you drink, but I, I think just having, you know, something that, that, that you're doing that, that you just want to be excellent in. And, uh, I, I was, well, I'm going to rewind a little bit and go back to, you know, the, 
where you're kind of talking uh, about being devoted and stuff. And I think um, something about that I, that I think about a lot with uh, John and I is is we I think and our and our wives uh, is we we're very much like we stick to our guns about uh, we we decided early on what we want to be. Um, and I think having a mission and a vision for for what you want to be for whatever, whatever your business is or, you know, whatever you're going to go after. I think that's super important to have that in place um, because you're always going to you're always going to fall back on that and go, am I doing what I said I was going to do? And if, if you're not, then then you're kind of lost and you're you're making wild decisions. So like you you cave into what everybody else wants instead of what you want. Um, and so uh, one thing that John and I uh, would would say a lot is we we want to do what we love um and if we're not doing what we love anymore then we're just doing a job so i think that's kind of what has uh kept that that flame burning for devout is is sticking to uh something that we're proud of um that we were me, me and john critique each other uh really hard on coffee too um so like we're I mean, I think we trust each other's palates more than anybody else as far as like tasting coffee and stuff. Uh, we've we've actually been having some conversations about that, how it's it's sad not actually being able to uh, sample new coffees together all the time because we, you know, we live further apart uh, right now. But um, but we want to we want to keep that um, that that vision and mission uh, uh, of of what we're doing and uh you know that's creating a great coffee experience um a a great environment to enjoy the coffee experience and um ultimately just doing coffee with with excellence um and so uh we we want to um we want that to to kind of shine and be obvious in in our business um so yeah i think that's i mean we we talk about mission drift and that's We've, I've watched many people in different ventures, different, different pursuits, and you end up in mission drift. And five years into the project, you're doing something different than what you set out to do. And so very early on, like we, we are here to change the way you think about coffee. We're here to do what we do, and uh, that's what we do. And so if it's pastries, we're going to find pastries that best complement the coffee to, so that you can enjoy the coffee experience. If it's the way that we build the tables or that we set up the cafe or the patio, we're not going to do it halfway. We want to do it to where you can best enjoy the coffee so that it fits the mission. And if, if we find ourselves drifting from that into other ventures, that's when we, yeah. we got to rein each other in. I feel like that's, that's what people have come on board with us and is, is kind of seeing that it's been super recognizable. Uh, I mean, I would say even more so in the beginning of like, this is, this is kind of who we want to be. Um, and, and we didn't have a bunch of capital to throw at starting a business. We actually started with like literally nothing. We, we had a vacation check to throw down on this building to, to get into Devout, uh, which was first and last month's rent. And we threw a party to raise money. It was like... In my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so somebody just brought that up earlier. They're like, I was at that backyard party. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Wow. Um, but, and that was funny because we, we planned that the night before, right? Or It was, was it? super, li- like, like we we'd signed, signed the lease and we had to give a check. And we had your vacation check and we needed to raise more money. And it was like, let's throw a party. Let's see if some friends want to come and help support this. We thought like maybe 15 people would show up. We had... 
We had like a hundred people in my backyard. It was it was weird, but we raised <laughs> more than enough money and yeah, got into the space. Yeah, wow. that's cool. You guys, and I know there's so many more. There was so many people, so many people here tonight. You're all a big part of the story as well, and I think that that's one of the things that is important to keep in mind is that um, you know. John and Stevie do what they do. They've also uh, been fortunate enough to have people come around them that believed in the story, believed in the mission as well, have, uh, um, have followed it. And, and, you know, like Nick, you know, Nick came in, he was talking earlier, and he came in and was a part of the story for a little while, more, more specifically part of the story, and then um, he's moved on to something else. But that, that, that all um, contributes to the story. And you as customers, you as uh, devoted customers – um, are part of the story as well. And so as things continue to move forward, I, I love the fact, I mean, I, I do the Fremont podcast when I, when, I'm, um, when I talk to people that I'm interviewing, I always talk to them and say, you know, what, what do you hope that people, you know, what, what change or what, um, what do you hope to be known for in five or 10 years from now? What do you hope that you can do to help the community be a better community in five or 10 years from now? Um, and I think that devout in the 10 years that they've been here have already made a difference in our community. They've already, um, they've already, uh, put down roots and established themselves and, and sometimes in, in the most meager, uh, times. But if you guys were to say, as we kind of wrap this up, if you guys were to say, what would, what would you hope to do to help, to help this Fremont community in the next five or 10 years, what would you like devout to be remembered for, to be known for? What would you like to vow to accomplish in, in the next five or ten years? What, what might that be? Um, well, I tell my wife this a lot, but like I, I feel like I always want like our surrounding area to just step it up. Um, and so that's that's just like I, I think there's a ton of room for for more like more of the craft culture, more more just, you know, people people built, being willing to, to step out and try something rather than. Uh, relying on something that's that's secure. Uh, you have to take risks if you want to do something effective. Um, and and uh, I feel like we're seeing some of that just in Niles, and, and it's been fun to see. Uh, but yeah, just in this this whole community. Yeah. Everything to add to that, John? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think I think I said this earlier, but like we hope to create a space and create a product that helps fuel creativity and progress and changing challenging ideas innovations like all those things like we we really hope that coffee that our coffee helps move things forward that people come up with creative ideas and chase their passion and and do things that they never thought possible and hopefully if it's a couple young guys buying a roaster and rebuilding it if that helps inspire that or if it's drinking a cup of coffee I, I think that's that's it for us. that's awesome yeah well and I don't know how many of you have ever ever heard of the Fremont podcast before today but I would say what I've done and what I started was a, a big part in you know due to devout my time at devout and just meeting our community this being a place where um, the community really cared about and they really cared about the community um, and it just really uh, was a, the birthing place for uh, the Fremont podcast. So I'm really grateful for that as well. Thank you guys for uh, joining me finally. Thanks, Ricky. Yeah. I finally got you guys up here. So thank, thank you guys. You. you said it wouldn't be like any pressure. And then you asked me to come up in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Cheers. 
You've been listening to the Fremont Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever it is that you listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you're so inclined, leave a kind review so that others can find the podcast. To stay connected with us, you can find links to our social media and other content at thefremontpodcast.com. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by Ricky B. Music provided through soundstripe.com. I'm Gary Williams. Join us next week on the Fremont Podcast. Muggins Media. Thank you for listening to the Fremont Podcast. If you are an individual or a business that would like to be a sponsor partner on the podcast, please reach out at thefremontpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our website, thefremontpodcast.com and you can reach out to us through our contact form. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and thank you for your support.